0: your bibles this morning and they're passing out the outline we're going through this series right now on living an authentic christian life and i hope that's what you want to be as a genuine christian and authentic christian and we know that there's nothing special about us but there is certainly something special about our god and uh, this morning we're going to continue this is kind of a walk through the book of james hey crystal how you feeling you're here right so we've been praying for Crystal, if you would continue to pray, she's got uh, some uh, very serious back issues with uh, some of her disc, some herniated disc, and uh, it's good to see her here this morning, so if she gets up or moves around, that's probably why, but if you would, let's continue to pray, and she's getting some help through the chiropractor, and pray that that will work, and alleviate enough pain so that she wouldn't have to have serious uh, back surgery, and so we're, we'll continue to pray for you. Good to see you this morning. James chapter 1, James chapter 1, and here comes Juan with a pillow, but it's not for him to sleep in church, all right? <laughs> Did you? That's, that's called sympathy back pain, all right? Yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of like me, I put on weight every time my wife was pregnant, okay? Yeah, uh-huh. all right, James chapter number 1, the Bible says here in verse number 6, look at this verse, but let him ask in what? What's those next two words? Nothing wavering. wavering. The Bible says, He that wavereth is like a wave of the sea driven with the wind and tossed. Look at the verse again. Let him ask in faith, nothing wavering, for he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea driven with the wind and tossed. Now James is writing here And he's he's writing to us here in James chapter number 1, we see that he writes that we, as God's people, children of God, that we need to ask God in faith. Now look, folks, if if we don't believe that God can, and let me ask you this morning, can God? That was was okay. Can God? Yes. Yes, all right? So watch this. If we believe that God can, then certainly when we ask, let's ask in faith. In other words, I believe God can. In other words, why ask if you don't think God can? Are you with me this morning? Yeah. See, a lot of times, in other words, why pray if you don't believe that God is able? Okay, that's what James is saying here, that we need to ask in faith. Look what Jesus said in Matthew 7:7. Look at the words. Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock and it shall be open unto you. But notice the first word there in verse 7 is ask. You have not. Why? Because you ask not. Folks, we have got to ask. And listen, uh, my children, when they come to me now, uh, understand as, as a parent, I don't give my kids everything. I've been around some of those parents that make that mistake to give their kids everything. All right. But certainly when it comes to needs, and even beyond those from time to time as a parent, I love to give to my children. And God is our heavenly Father. And God desires to give to us, but we have to ask. Now think about this, James says, ask in faith. Because you and I need to remember, and, if, and we do not take the time, but if you go back in verse number 3, he says, knowing that the trying of your faith, There's going to be times, and we'll see this morning, how our faith will be tried. So we have to remember the temptations, the trials that come our way, listen now, are not solicitations for evil. It's not things to cause us to do wrong or bad or evil things. Look what he says in the same chapter in verse 13, let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God for God cannot be tempted with evil. Now watch this. God can't be tempted with evil, and it says neither does God tempteth any man. Neither tempteth he any man. God doesn't tempt us to do bad things or wrong things. You can't blame that on God, okay, because God can't be tempted with evil, neither tempteth he any man. Look, God is working through our trials. You have to understand that. When The temptations and the trials come. God is working through those. And what God is doing is he's bringing us to the point where you and I, as his children, we believe by faith that everything is going to work out. Now, do we always understand it? No. Certainly, look, many times we don't understand it. But one of the verses that's been dear to me over the years is I love Romans eight twenty eight. We know I like that. If you underline things in your Bible, the word K and O W. We know that all things. How many things? All. all. I love this verse. All things work together for what? Good. Good to them that love God. Now we don't understand it all, but here's what Jesus said. Look at Mark eleven twenty two. Jesus answering, and here's what he said to them. Simple words. Have faith in who. Have faith in God. Folks, that ought to be your and my life's motto as a Christian is to have faith in God. We don't understand, Lord, why did this come into my life? Why am I going through this? The working of our faith, the trying of our faith, it worketh patience, James says. We have to ask in faith, just believing that whatever God's doing through this trial, that God knows best, that God's working through those situations. Look, we need to ask, and to be, as, the, as the Bible says in the book of Hebrews, looking unto Jesus. That, that's what we need to do is put our faith, our confidence in the Lord. Jesus simply is the object of our faith. And look, our faith will increase, but it's just like if I go to the gym, okay? If I went to the gym today, I would be a pitiful specimen of someone trying to lift weights. You know why? Because I haven't lifted weights in a while. I mean, I've picked up a fork and a spoon, things like that, donuts, but I, donuts, but I haven't, you weren't supposed to be watching, but, uh, but, but the thing is, is that, if I, it, look, if I went in there and I started today, and I started lifting weights, and I probably would have to start with five pounds, uh, over time I might get up to 50, maybe 100 pounds, and you know how, how I get stronger physically from working? You know how your faith increases? By working at it trusting God. You can trust God in the small things. I remember years ago, my pastor, he, he, you know, he, he had these, my wife probably remembers these certain shoes, these that he used to wear that, that I would never, honestly, if I was laying in my coffin, I wouldn't want these shoes on my feet, but he loved them. You know, to each his own. Everybody likes different ones. My pastor came by one day and he says, "Hey, listen." He said, "I was praying and I was asking God." And he says, "Those shoes that I wear," he says, "they went on sale." He goes, "It was such a good deal, I bought three pairs of them." But you know what he did? He asked God. And you know what God did? God, get, he believed that. Now, look, you say that's that's silly to pray about shoes. Listen, what do you pray about? Everything. What do you ask God for? That you should pray. About everything, as she said, because look, the trying of our faith. Now, Paul wrote to those in Thessalonica, and and what he was saying there was that we don't look to you, but we look to the Lord. And he says it's because of what God can do. And that's what Paul was trying to tell those in Thessalonica. He says it's because we believe that God can do. And he says we're looking to God in faith at what God can do in you and what God can do through you. Look what the Bible says here in 2 Thessalonians 3. Look at there in your notes. The Lord is faithful who will establish you and keep you, look at these words, keep you from evil. And we, Paul says, we have confidence, not in ourselves. He says we have confidence in the Lord touching you that ye both do and will do the things which we command you. Paul is saying here, look, my confidence is not in man. My confidence is in the Lord that God will do in you and God will do through you what he wants. And sometimes it comes through a trial. Sometimes it comes through, look, certainly I don't like that. I heard this week, uh, uh, Miss Heidi, pray for Miss Heidi. She fell. She's not going to be here today. And, and uh, she's okay. She's just in a lot of pain. I hate to hear that People are going through that Brother Tim recently had back problems and, and, and crystals here with back problems and you know, look folks uh, brother wally 's got the, the flu today brother kenny 's got i don 't like to hear that people are going through trials and through temptations, we don 't understand why all these things happen, but we just know this that we need to have faith that God is working through those so very important that we see that there is a there is an understanding of what God is trying to do now when you look at this world that we live in, okay, there is a real crisis in our country of confidence. People are scared. They're frightened. They won't come out of their house. Uh, you, know, they, they, people are, you know, people that never should have guns are getting guns because they're scared to death. Uh, their confidence level is real low. But listen, the real crisis, I think, today is not among unbelievers. It's among God's people. And when I say there's a real crisis the heart of that is a faith crisis. It's a lack of understanding of who God really is. Now, that's why we need to be in God's Word, because as we get into the Word of God, we understand who He is. It's so very important that we understand who God is, and the Word of God reveals that to us. So when we read the Word of God, we need to, again, ask in faith so that God helps us understand what it is He wants us to see. Now, look at a couple aspects when we think about this matter of faith. First of all, your faith and mine is prompted by our trial. It's prompted by our trial. Look at James says here in James chapter 1 beginning in verse number 2. These are verses we've recently looked at. He says here, "Count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing this that the trying of your faith worketh patience, but let patience have her perfect work that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. And if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth all men liberally and abradeth not, and it shall be given to him. Look at, But let him ask in faith. See the context there of where we brought verse number six into the lesson today. He says he's like a man that, that is like a wave of the sea driven with wind and toss. See the trial prompts the necessity of our faith. Watch this. Sometimes there's nothing going on in our life, so there's no need to exercise faith. You with me? But when we start to go through something, now all of a sudden, I need to exercise faith because something's going on in my life. You understand that they're connected, that as something comes, then there is this matter of, okay... I need to ask in faith, Lord, what are you doing here? Without the trial, there wouldn't be no reason to exercise the faith, all right? It's a simple principle, but we've got to get a hold of it. If you're having a tough time, understand that God is working on your faith. When trials come, we learn that we cannot make it through this trial without him. We need him. So what does the trial do? The trial prompts our faith, it is something we need to understand. Number two, look at this principle. Our faith in God reveals our humility. It reveals our humility. If there is true humility, then understand that that faith that we have will reveal it. Now, a lot of people pretend you know, that they have great faith. A lot of people pretend, but look, you can't, you can't fake humility. It's something that's real. Remember, we're talking about authentic Christianity, okay? Being genuine. Look at James chapter 4 there in your notes. We'll go a couple chapters over, and look what he says in verse number 6. But he giveth more grace. Aren't you glad for that? Right? Now watch. Wherefore he saith, God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace unto who? Unto the humble. Now watch. Let's read on. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, he will flee from you. Draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, purify your hearts, you double-minded. Be afflicted and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be torn to mourning, uh, turn to mourning and your joy to heaviness. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord and he shall lift you up. See, the world's way, here's what the world wants to do, is they want to climb the ladder. God's way up is down. You humble yourself. Well, you know what trials do? Trials tend to humble us, don't they? You know, I I used to be able to do this, but I can't anymore. You know, the frailty of life. By the way, it's not just for the elderly. I've seen some very young people. You heard Dr. Getch last week talk about how he had his whole life ahead of him, a football career, and how God intervened in his life and humbled him. Now, certainly, look, I, it's, it's not that we should humble someone else. No, 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 because we're not God. But sometimes God will humble us. And so when that, when that comes, look, our faith... Reveals true humility. If we're asking God in faith, it's because we need God. You know why? Because we're going through a trial. God, I need you. Think about Jonah. Jonah didn't cry out to God until he found himself in the belly of hell, right? The whale's belly. And when we're going through times, it's when we need God. Sometimes we think, and I've heard this from so many people when they're going through a trial, I'm okay. I can make it. Now, if they don't say it, they're thinking it. I've seen so many people think that they can make it on their own. Listen, can I tell you, the real crisis is not among unbelievers. It's among God's people. We cannot, Jesus says, without me, ye can do what? Nothing. Nothing. We need God. Why go through life? Look, folks, when you got saved, you got the Holy Spirit's presence in your life Understand, God is with you. Jesus said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. You have the greatest uh, access to God, and yet time and time again, what we do is we try to go it on our own. Look, trials, and I love the way somebody described them. They said, trials are the luggage in life that we tote around for a time, but he says they keep us dependent on the Lord. They keep us dependent on the Lord. Sometimes God brings the trial because maybe it's been a while since we've really leaned on the Lord, been dependent on the Lord. We've been trying to go it alone and go without God. Somebody said we either live by faith or attempt to live by force. That's a great saying there. We either live by faith, which is what James is saying that we should do, or we go through life attempting to live by force. We try to make things happen instead of realizing that we can't do it without Him. We need the Lord through these times, these trying times in our lives. We think that God doesn't want us; to, doesn't want to help us when the, the the real thing is, is that God's chief desire is that God wants to be God to you. He what look. What did God always want to be to the nation of Israel? He wanted to be their God. And yet, what did they say? We want a king. You know what they were saying? We don't need you, God. And and look, read the Old Testament and see how miserable they made out of their lives. You know, wandering around in the wilderness, going nowhere in life. All the misery that happened in their lives. Hey, folks, those things were given to us as examples. We need to learn from what we read in the Word of God so that we won't make those same mistakes. See, have you ever found yourself, and maybe not f- physically or really, but have you ever found yourself in a maze with no way out? You're thinking to yourself, I, I don't know how I'm going to get out of this. My wife recently, and most of you know this, my wife recently was in the hospital, and uh, we, we still, she's still going to the doctors. We still don't really understand it all. We, you know, we appreciate your prayers, and my wife, the other night I came in, she was sitting there in, in the, in the uh, bedroom, and she had papers just all out on the floor. I said, what is all that? She said, doctor's bills. And she's just reading through all the charges and this and that, you know. And, and I looked at her and I said, look, we're just going to have to give it to God. Now, Look, I'm, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying we're not going to pay it. I'm not saying that there's a money tree somewhere and we could just go pull some off the tree. And certainly we don't understand all of what's happened or why we're, she's going through some of this stuff. But look here. I'm not going to be shaken in my faith because I still believe God can. So I'm just going to continue to ask in faith. I don't understand it. She doesn't understand it. We're not spiritual giants. We're just children of God who believe that God is able. That's the way all of us need to be, folks. You know, sometimes we we take a look at things, and what we need to do is we need to seek the Lord. We need to pray in faith and here's what happens is that as we're seeking him and we pray in faith, you know what God's going to do? God's going to show us a way. Amen. You know when when the children of Israel remember when they got to the Red Sea and they thought, you know, Pharaoh's army's closing in on us. Water before us. What did God do? God made a way. When there seems to be no other way, he parted the waters. They walked across on dry ground. You know, I've seen some depictions of how, you know, they believe that where the Red Sea, where they went across, was just a little bit of water. Uh Uh-uh. No, I don't believe that. I, the Bible talks about the, there was the walls of water. You think about this, Pharaoh's whole army drowned in it. So in, in a puddle worth of water? I don't think so. You know, what a mighty God we serve, right? See, I believe God can. If God can make a way for his children in the wilderness, God can make a way for you. But what do you have to do? Ask in faith, knowing that all things work together. Folks, look, I'm, I'm not here to give you a pep talk this morning. I'm just giving you Bible, right? Either we believe it's God's word and God is able, or we might as well pack up shop and lock the doors and go home, right? And I just believe that, that the trials sometimes humble us and it brings ourselves to the place where we realize, I can't do this, I need God. Look at the third thing, our faith dem- is, is demonstrated by work. Now, A lot of people, what I'm about to cover, and I won't spend a lot of time this morning, but a lot of people really misunderstand this, this principle in the book of James and they, they abuse and misuse this matter of works. Certainly, the Bible says, for by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It's the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Now, that's talking about salvation. We are saved by grace through faith. Everybody with me this morning? Do we all believe that? I think I'm in the right kind of church. But listen, here's what I want you to see. When we're talking about going through trials... We're not talking about salvation. You with me? Okay. Now, I want you to see this because when you think about it, our church, and and yesterday I hated it, but I've been trying to get my house done and with all that's been going on, and I I realized yesterday that I couldn't. I I rented a tile saw early Friday thinking I could get all my tile cut and get it all done in one day. Uh Uh-uh. And I called Brother Kenny and Brother Chris, and I said, I've got this machine I rented. I said, I have to finish it. I hated it that it happened that way. And praise the Lord, some of you showed up yesterday. I heard we had a great work day yesterday. And I think you guys actually finished before I did. I didn't finish till about 1 o'clock. Uh, but, but, you know, here's the thing is is that uh, when you think about I love the fact that our church is a working church. And this matter of being a working church is something that is demonstrated. Look, we don't work to get faith. We work because we have faith. You hear what I said? We don't work to get faith. We work because we have faith. All right? See, if we work before we have faith, we will get weary. Uh, You think about how many times uh, people get weary intellectually. They get weary emotionally, they get weary physically, uh, but listen, true faith is revealed by work. Let me say that again. True faith, what James is talking about, it is revealed by work. Look what the Bible says, as we believe God and we labor for the Lord, James chapter 2. Look at what it says here. What doth it profit my brethren? Notice he's writing to save people. This isn't about salvation. He's talking to save people. Though a man say he hath faith and have not works, can faith save him? If a brother or sister be naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you say unto them, Depart in peace, be ye warmed and filled, notwithstanding ye give them not those things which are needful to the body, what doth it profit? Even so. Now, watch. He gives the examples, and then he says, Here it is. Even so, faith, if it hath not works, is dead being alone. Yea, a man may say, Thou hast faith, and I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works, and I will show thee my faith. What's those last three words? By my works. Okay, so again, I'll say it. Look at it. We don't work to get faith, we work. Because we have faith. In other words, we demonstrate our faith in God by our works. Okay, We demonstrate our faith in God by our works. If you're really going to believe God, your faith and my faith will be evidenced by our labor for the Lord, by what we do for the Lord. Folks, look, I see a lot of times people out as we're knocking doors, going through the communities here, telling people about the Lord and our services. I see people out there that are working But they're working for salvation, and they look miserable. Because, listen, folks, you cannot work your way to heaven. But once we are saved, I love going soul winning with with our church members because, you know what? We're happy people. You know why? Because we're saved and we know it. You know? Yesterday, if I was here, I guarantee you, even though everybody was working, they were having a good time. You know? And listen, we can we can enjoy the things that we have in the Lord. The point is, and this is what James is getting at, the trials, that's what we're dealing with, the trying of your faith, the temptations, they are common to all Christians. I, look, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand, but I guarantee you there's not a person in here that hasn't gone through something. Trials and temptations are common to every Christian. And if you go back in verses 2 and verse number 12 of chapter number 1, James says there that the trying of your faith, he doesn't say if the trying of your faith, he says when the trying of your faith. You know why? Because all of us are going to go through trials and temptations. Now, why do that? Because the trials reveal our humility And because our faith is prompted by those trials. But then look at number four. Our faith, it's motivated by God's gift. See, there there has to be something that motivates us, that causes us to do what we do. Well, look, I can't think of a greater motivator than God himself, right? You know one of the reasons why I love God so much is because God is a great giver. How about this? For God so loved the world that he gave. God's a great giver, and we must ask that great giving God, watch this, here's the words, nothing wavering. You ever go to somebody and you want to ask, but you're sheepish in asking them? You, You know you can have confidence when you go to God. Doesn't the Bible say that we can come boldly before the throne of God? right? He's your father. And look, the Bible says nothing wavering. God desires for us to receive from him everything that we need. God will not withhold things from you. Why? Because you are his child. That includes all that we need to go through these trials, these, through these temptations. One of the things that he, he says in verse number 12 is, that, he is going, that we would receive the crown of life you know what that's speaking of there? It's talking about eternal life in Christ. That's, that's the reference that he's making there. So I love the fact that our faith is motivated by God's gift because, again, God is a giving God. Look at James 1 17, every good gift. God doesn't give bad gifts. How many of you have ever, at Christmas time, done that, that uh, thing? I don't know if you call it a game, the, the white elephant gift thing. And, and what do you bring? You know, it's a gift. And you're like, what's the most ridiculous thing that we'll never touch or ever use? And, or you go shopping and actually pay money for something and wrap it up and put it in there so that somebody else will get it. And, and you know, a lot of times I hear people, they actually give that, they'll, they'll hang on to it and then bring it the next year, rewrap it and give it to somebody else, you know? And then there's variations of that game where you know if you know I've seen this from time to time. Somebody actually gets a nice gift that everybody would want, and it throws it. it just throws the whole game into a you know because because they they started putting this rule that after something was exchanged three times that that person that gets it the third time nobody else can take it. <laughs> because look, God God understand. God doesn't give junk. God doesn't give bad gifts. The Bible says, every good gift and every perfect gift cometh down from above and cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. God is a giving God, but look at this. God. One of the things that God gives us is he gives us birth. I love the fact that God saved me. I hope that you're saved this morning, and I hope that you're still excited about your salvation. Can I give you a great verse this morning? And I'm sure you've read it before but i love this verse in james 1 look at verse 18 of his own will begat he us with the word of truth that we should be a kind of first fruits of his creatures what a great verse it was the will of god look i don't understand calvinists who believe that only certain people can be saved. When the Bible says, of his own will begat he us, well, how did we get saved? With the word of truth. Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. See, God begat us. When I began to read the word of God, I realized how much God loved me. Look, can I tell you, watch this. God loved me enough to save me, and God still loves me whenever I'm going through a trial when my faith is being tested. Are you with me this morning? How many times are we guilty of thinking while we're going through something, well, if God loved me, he wouldn't let me go through this, right? If we're all honest this morning, we've had those thoughts. Why would God let me go through this? But listen, God gives us life. He gives us birth. Listen, this matter of natural birth, it's the greatest thing is that, that we see life come into this world But can I tell you what's greater than physical life, spiritual life? That God saved us. How about this one? The Bible says, look at verse number 19 of chapter number 1. The Bible says here in verse 19, Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, and what? Slow to wrath. Now, what, what should be the response that God saved us that God's given us eternal life. So what should our response be to God's gift? Well, here it is. James says, here's what your response should be. Be swift to hear. Well, what should we hear? The Word of God. When God speaks, we should listen. Be slow to speak, slow to wrath. I find that when I'm in the Word of God, how many of you, how many of you know this is true? When you read your Bible in the morning, it doesn't matter where you're at in the Bible, if you're reading it for devotion, God will give you something. And I can't tell you how many times throughout the day, no matter where I read my Bible, that that verse or that thought helped me throughout the day. Anybody else ever had that happen? But watch this. If you don't read your Bible, then what happens when something happens? You're not slow to speak and you're quick to wrath, aren't you? That's why we need to, our response. He saved us. See, there's, there's a personal work to be done In the Christian life, look at verse 21, right here still in chapter 1. Lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness, receive with meekness the engrafted word, and look at this, look what it says, which is able to save your souls. So, what does James tell us here as we're thinking about asking in faith as we're going through this? He says there are some things in our life that we're gonna have to lay aside, lay apart in order to receive the word of God. We must be clear. of of all things that are evil, of, of behavior, foul behavior in our lives that flows through this matter of wickedness. If we're going to have a life that God can bless, it's so important. Well, how do we do that? By the grace of God and through the engrafted word of God. The Lord will enable us to do our part. Look, folks, as I do my part, again, going back to faith, I don't have a problem thinking if I do my part, will God do his? God always does his part. What we need to do is do our part. We will do our part if our faith in God is authentic. If your faith, look, if you don't believe God can, you're going to struggle. You know, I was thinking about Hudson Taylor as I was studying this one verse, verse number six, when Hudson Taylor was sailing, by the way, this is a true account, but when he was sailing to China to begin his missionary work, his ship was in great danger. Back in the days of Hudson Taylor, it was different, and I'm not saying there's not elements of danger today for missionaries, but it was certainly a different day when Hudson Taylor was going off to India. And his ship was in great danger. The wind had died. The current was carrying them towards sunken reefs, which were close to the islands, and the thing about these islands were they were inhabited by cannibals. Now, these ships didn't have the modern motors, things like that. They depended on the sails. They depended on the wind. And his ship was drifting towards these, uh, these reefs where there was island that were inhabited by cannibals. And they were so close to these islands that they could see the cannibals building fires on the shores. That's how close they were. Everything they tried with the ship, nothing was happening And so Taylor wrote in his journal of what happened next. And here's what he wrote down. He said, the captain said to me, well, we have done everything that can be done. A thought occurred to me, Taylor said, and I replied, no, there is one thing that we have not done yet. And here's this unsaved captain looking at Hudson Taylor. And Hudson Taylor said, he he says to Taylor, well, what is that one thing? And Hudson Taylor said, there are four of us on board this boat that are Christians. So let us, each one of us, retire to his own cabin and let each one of us agree in prayer to ask God to give us immediately a breeze. Now, can you imagine if you said that to some unsaved people? I'm going to go pray for some wind. But that's what Taylor said to this captain. So Taylor and the men went to their rooms. And the word that he wrote here was, we prayed briefly. I don't know how long that was. They knew, look here, they knew that they were in immediate danger. You ever try to pray and ask God for an immediate answer? Sometimes they come, sometimes they don't. Taylor prayed. And then uh, he went back on deck. And he asked the first officer to let down the sails. Now there was no wind. He told him, he said, let down the sails. What would be the good of that, he answered roughly. I told him, we have been asking a wind from God that it was coming immediately. That's what he told him. And here's what he wrote. Within minutes, the wind did begin to blow, and it carried them safely past the reefs. And Taylor recorded these words. Thus, God encouraged me, ere landing on China's shores, to bring every variety of need to him in prayer and to expect that he would honor the name of the Lord Jesus and give the help, every, help each emergency required. Now, if you want to go back, and maybe I'm reading between the lines, but if you want to go back and see all that Hudson Taylor accomplished there in China, and what was the motivation, what was the underlying, I think you'd have to go back to that occasion on that ship where he could see those cannibals building the fires and he knew the danger and he didn't understand, Lord, I'm going to China. I'm I'm taking the gospel to China. Lord, I've given my life to serve you. Why is this happening? Why are we going through this? Why am I going to be dashed against these rocks and these people take my life? But he asked in faith, let down the sails. There was no wind, but God is able. Listen, the God of Hudson Taylor is your God. And so when you're going through the trial of your life, look here, can I use the phrase, let down your sail and just believe that the answer will come in God's time. Every good gift and every perfect gift, ask in faith have faith in God. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for this morning, for the Word of God. Pray that you'd bless the Word this morning, the engrafted Word. Lord, burn it in our hearts. I know that there are some in here that have gone through some very trying times, and I pray this morning that your Word will have encouraged us to face a new day. And remember that the trying of our faith. Lord, without, without the trial, there's no exercising of faith. And help us to understand that every good gift and every perfect gift and that all things work together for good. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.